Well, this morning, I, I thought I would talk about um, the John, excuse me, John chapter 11, and it's about Lazarus. And one of the things I, um, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he, he, uh, he says these words, God, I thank you, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray, okay? Then he says a little later that um, it isn't for my benefit that I say this, but it's for the benefit of those who are listening, okay? So whenever we read about the, the, the miracles and the teaching of, of Jesus, the teachings of Christ, that they are very much a part of what God is doing for our benefit. So when Jesus, um, you know, you go back to feeding the 5,000, mentioned this last week, when Jesus takes the, the loaves and the fishes and he thanks God for them, and he is thanking the Father for not enough. <laughs> okay? He is thanking the Father for not enough. Whenever he is thanking the Father that he hears him when, he's pray, when he prays, he is saying this so everybody else knows that Lazarus, who has died... And some of the people who are there are saying, well, you know, this guy who opens blinded eyes, couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? So here they are using a miracle, miracles of Jesus, to beat him up with. It isn't enough that he walks on water, feeds 5,000, that he does all of these things, and then, well, he can't keep this guy alive. What good is he? Right? In our life, we look at God has answered how many prayers and the next situation we run into that we pray and it doesn't turn out the way we think, what good is it? What good is all of these answers? What good is all these miracles if he doesn't do this? And that's the danger I think we come into by thinking that God has to keep proving himself. God has to keep proving to us that he loves us. We have to keep proving to ourselves that God still loves us, that we're still good enough. I'm still good enough for God to love me because he answered my prayers. Yes, I'm great until the next need comes. <laughs> and I think of how important it is for us to know that if God doesn't do anything more in our life, that there is no, there's never another answered prayer. God has already done enough. He has saved us from our sin. <laughs> that there is nothing between God and I. He washes me clean by the blood. So God loves us, and from God to us, there is no hindrances. There's no blockades. The only thing that stands between God and us is my sin and my confession of my faith that Christ will forgive me. So from that perspective, then God comes and wipes away every blockade in this path between God and I. So if all of the blockades are gone and that Christ and his will and his purpose for our life is an ongoing revelation of what he wants to do and is doing in our life. It's an ongoing revelation of what he wants to do in our life. So when we look at this story of Lazarus, 
Um, Jesus receives word in John chapter 11. A man named Lazarus was sick, and he's of the town of Bethany, and he is the brother of Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha and Lazarus are the three best friends of Jesus outside of the disciples, maybe even better than some of the disciples, and particularly one disciple, Judas. Okay, okay, I'll throw that in in case you didn't know what disciple I was talking about. Uh, but... Um, so there's Peter, James, and John. They're, they're known as the three inner circle of Jesus. And then there's John. And then there's Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And then there's Lazarus. Okay? So these are the, the two guys that are favorites, if we would say. And, of course, Jesus didn't have favorites. But if we were going to say of the people that Jesus knew and, and was in, involved with and that's what we know of that's written, these are the two best friends of Jesus. John and Lazarus, okay? So, Lazarus is sick. <laughs> you would think Jesus, who knows all things, uh, is away from town. And we would think, well, you know, if he's really a good friend, he'd come back in time to keep Lazarus from dying. But you see, Jesus is far enough away that he can't get there in time. In fact, if he could get there in time, he doesn't because he waits. After he hears the news, he waits two days. And whenever he gets back to where Lazarus is, he's been, Lazarus has been dead for four days. So whether or not it, was, it took a two-day journey for the people to find Jesus, and then it took two days for Jesus to wait and make it back to where Lazarus is, maybe that's the four days. Maybe Lazarus was dead before the people even told Jesus he was dead. But Jesus knew, okay? Now, if God knows what's going to happen in our life, why doesn't he keep it from happening? You know, is it that he doesn't love me? Well, he loves Lazarus. Why didn't he take care of him, keep him from, from, from dying? He's sick. Well, so Mary and Martha, they send letter, they send news to Jesus, and um, they say, tell uh, Mary, Mary, Mary's brother was Lazarus, the man who was sick, Mary and Martha, that since the one you love is sick, okay? So there was no doubt about the friendship that Jesus had with Lazarus. The one you love is sick, okay? So we're putting this relationship together. We're seeing that these, these Jesus and Lazarus are good friends. All right? Now, when Jesus heard this, he says, This sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God to bring glory to the Son of God. Now, do we not pray that God would receive glory in our life? God receive glory from my words, my actions, my life, the things I do, the places I go, the, you know, wherever we stay. May you receive glory for what is going on in my life. So we want God to receive glory for everything we do. It's his glory and it's for his honor and glory that we live. Without his breath, without his life, you're dead. <laughs> It is by the word of God that everything that is here exists. Spoke about that in Hebrews this morning in Sunday school. That <clears throat> the earth exists, 
The stars, they, they, God spoke them into existence. So here we are. We exist, we live by the breath of God, the love of God, purpose of God, the will of God, and he is with us, and he loves us just as much as he loves Lazarus. Okay? So, if I'm loved that much, why is it so hot in here? <laughs> you know? Why is it I'm uncomfortable? <laughs> well, <clears throat> we don't understand. Verse 8. The followers, the disciples said to, the, to Jesus uh, that he was headed back. Let's, Jesus said, let's go back to, to, to Judea. And, G, and, they, and the disciple says to Jesus, you know, Jesus, they tried to kill you when you were there last time. Don't you think we shouldn't go there anymore? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, verse 9. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in a day? Don't you walk in the light when it's light? If you walk in the dark, you know, you're going to trouble, you're going to stumble and fall. Jesus is the light of the world. The word of God is the light. The word is light and life to our path. So we are to walk each day in light of God's word. Um, so when we feel a need, we are to pray. What is the word that God has given to us? That um, if we are lonely, God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that I am closer to you than a brother. Uh, if you have need, husband and wife, I am that. A son, a daughter, I am that. A parent, I am that. Whatever you have need of, God is that to you, to us. So whatever our need is, if I'm sick, I can pray God for God's healing. I can pray. So I have all of these privileges that I have in Christ. So let us walk in the light. Okay? Well, if I continue the way we're going, it looks bad in the future. Jesus, if you go back to Bethany, it looks bad for your future. And Jesus says to them, walk in the light. Jesus tells us, walk in the light. And verse 11, after Jesus said this, he added, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Now, I never recommend this, to say this to children. <laughs> Don't worry, Grandpa, I'll fall asleep. Well, of course, they're going to be scared to go to sleep. Why? Well, they died when they went to sleep. <laughs> no. Um, it's interesting. Jesus says about Lazarus, he likens it to sleep because when you fall asleep, how many woke up this morning? <laughs> how many are still sleeping? <laughs> how many are going back to sleep? <laughs> it's so hot in here. So... Um, Jesus likens death to sleep, meaning that it is to be awakened from. Just like you woke up from a night's sleep, you will awaken from death. Jesus says this. Now, you're, we're all going to die. It's appointed unto man once to die. Then comes the judgment, the second death. That's where we don't want to be part of that death. All right? So the, 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 the separation from God, that's the second death. We don't want separated from God. So the followers, um, the Lord, if he's only asleep, because even the disciples didn't know what Jesus was talking about. If he's sleeping, that's good. He'll get better. No, you idiots. I've told you. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that word. Um, Lazarus is dead. And then verse 15, he says, And I am glad, 
I rejoice for your sake that I was not there so that you may believe. (laughs) I want you to know that I'm glad that I was not there to make Lazarus well because I want you to believe. Okay? When we pray and things don't turn out the way we want, is God telling us, I want you to believe? I want to take your belief to a different level than what it is right now. Because, you see, Mary and Martha and the disciples and everybody else, they had a healing in mind. Okay? Jesus had a resurrection in mind. So you see, whenever we pray and our prayers are not answered the way that we think they should, and and God hears us always when we pray, he tells us this, and that the answer to our prayer is not the problem. It's the unanswered prayer that really gets us off center, off kilter. You know, we start a wobble in there. You know, when you can't breathe, you start wobbling. <laughs> well, when, you, when, when God doesn't answer our prayer the way we want, we start wobbling, as it were, in our faith. And the challenge for us is, don't wobble in your faith. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Anybody remember that? <laughs> doesn't mean the thing, does it? You didn't have weebles when you were growing up. You had weebles, didn't you, Bob? Yeah, 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 Bob had weebles. There are little things about this side. They wobble back and forth, but they don't. They have weights in the bottom. They didn't roll over. They came up. All right, so we, you know, Christians weeble, but they don't fall down. All right, so. Um, so they don't, have a, they don't have a clue as to what's going on, but Jesus has something better planned. So whenever we pray and what we are praying for doesn't get answered, Jesus has something better planned. (laughs) All right? Because our prayers can't, you know, they have to be answered. Jesus tells us, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray because I'm not saying this to reassure my relationship with you. I'm saying this so these people who are listening to me and you and I who are reading this that we would know, (laughs) that we would know God hears us always when we pray. Loud prayers, (laughs) silent prayers, wherever we pray, God hears us. All right. So four days later, Jesus shows up at Bethany. Martha, now, And it's interesting that this is Mary and Martha. Because a little earlier, how much time I have left? 15. I'll try not to be 15 minutes. I know it's hot in here. I didn't hear any men's on that one either. So, (laughs) 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 it's interesting that it's Mary and Martha. Because Mary and Martha, just prior to this couple of, I don't know how, what the timeline is, but it might be six months, a year, two years, somewhere in there. Jesus is at the house of Mary and Martha, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha's in the kitchen trying to get all the food ready, and he comes out, Martha comes out to Jesus and says, Jesus, tell Mary to get in the kitchen. <laughs> She's not working and getting things ready. I have to do everything around here. And she just sits around and does nothing. 
You know people like that? This <laughs> sets around does nothing. You know? Which one, which one points the finger? Both of them. Ah. <laughs> so, Jesus tells Martha, he says, Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many things. Mary has chosen the best thing to sit at my feet and listen. Okay? So these are the two ladies now that are confronted with the death of their brother and confronted that Jesus didn't come in time. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. Mary, <laughs> they're both angry at Jesus. I don't want to say that they would out and out say, Jesus, we don't believe in you anymore. <laughs> but they really did not understand why this happened. We love you. You love Lazarus. Lazarus died. You didn't come. Martha goes out to meet Jesus and says, Lord, See, we know they, they, were, they were thinking, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. They had faith to believe that Jesus could have made Lazarus well. There was no doubting their faith that Jesus could make Lazarus well. And that's why Jesus is saying earlier, the death of Lazarus, I have something better in mind. I want to help your belief, okay? I want to help you believe, and Lazarus is dead. Martha, <laughs> I know even now God can give you anything you ask. If you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But my faith doesn't end there. I know if you ask anything, you know, it'll be okay. But they didn't think that there could be a resurrection. <laughs> that was just kind of like a, an add-on. Jesus said, your brother will rise and live again. Well, yeah, we know. In the end time, the, the Pharisees, you know, they believed in the resurrection. And, and we know that in the end times, uh, they will all be risen from the dead. Jesus said to her, and this is the declaration that we always have to remember. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am life. Remember... And I always go back to Exodus, Genesis, excuse me, when um, God calls Abraham, uh, God calls uh, Abraham and he says, I am that I am has sent you. <laughs> okay. And I always did, I am what? <laughs> what, a, what a foolish thing. I am that I am. Who's that? Well, you see the I am's fulfilled in the New Testament. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am, so the I am of Moses is the I am of Jesus, of who he is. What was not spoken of, it was the beginning of the sentence. It was the beginning of the sentence when God spoke to Moses and said, I am that I am. Okay, That was the beginning of the entire sentence that would later be fulfilled or written out in Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. 
Martha, do you believe that? Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, that's the next verse, 27. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming to the world. I believe you're the one. I believe you're the Messiah. But she still didn't grasp resurrection. Now, next verse. Jesus weeps. Now, sometimes we think of this, you know, I've always spoken of it in the context that Jesus identifies with the loss of Martha and he, the emotional tie that she has with, with uh, Lazarus and she's crying at the funeral. She's crying at, that her brother didn't live and that she's crying that Jesus didn't answer her prayers, didn't show up on time. She's crying and Jesus identifies with that and weeps. <laughs> I heard someone say, or I think it's in a song or something, Jesus wept for Lazarus because he was going to have to bring him back, didn't have to bring him back, but he was going to bring him back from paradise, back to this world. (laughs) Sometimes whenever people die, Jesus weeps whenever we want to make them, we want to keep them alive. (laughs) Just a thought, just a thought. But I, and I still predominantly believe that it is that Jesus identifies with the emotions of the loss. And in our life, Jesus is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. The things that hurt us hurt God. God hurts when you hurt. You have a goldfish, dies, <laughs> and you're attached to that goldfish and it hurts, Jesus hurts. He hurts. When someone hurts you by their words or their actions or belittles, and God hurts. He doesn't want you to feel the pain of loss and, and defeat. He wants us to understand that these are, necessi- these are things that happen in a world that we live in, but they, are, they never describe who you are. Jesus tells us who we are. I am his son. I am his daughter. I am a joint heir with Christ. Christ lives in me. I am am eternal. And no matter what anybody says about me, no matter how I hurt in any way, nothing can ever change that I am the son, I I am the beloved son of Jesus Christ. I am the beloved child of Jesus Christ. Son, daughter, all of it. We are the beloved children of God. Child of God. Nothing can change that. Mary. <laughs> After Jesus speaks with uh, Martha, Mary, she goes and tells, Jesus, tells Mary in verse 32, and Mary went to the place where Jesus was. Mary now goes to where Jesus is. I, I wonder sometimes we're wanting Jesus to come where we are. Something bad has happened, and we want Jesus to come where we are. And Jesus is saying, David, I want you to come over here where I am, because I want you to look at this differently. From where you're sitting, Mary, your brother doesn't exist. Your brother's dead. But I want to bring you to the place where Lazarus is. He's in a tomb. 
I want you to come over here and I want you to see this differently. And in our life, whenever we have difficulties and we have these problems, Jesus tells us, we're telling Jesus, you got to do this, you got to do this, and you need to answer this, and, you know, I don't like this. And Jesus says, come over here. (laughs) I want you to look at this a little differently. I want you to see that what you're thinking about you and your life and your pain and your problem is not exactly the way it is. I want you to come over here and look at it from my perspective. Well, we know that Mary says to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. So her and Martha have the very same opinion. (laughs) Do you ever meet somebody who agrees with you whenever you're hurting and you have have an assessment of the situation? They go, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't be that way. (laughs) It should not have happened that way. So when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was upset. He was disturbed. He was hurt in his spirit because they were crying. And I think part of, from just my thoughts, I think part of it was that Jesus was hurt in the fact that people still didn't understand who he was, who he is. I am the resurrection and life. I, I raise people from the dead. I, I, can, I, I, I feed 5,000. I walk on water. You know, I, I heal blinded eyes. I, the lame walk. The, the, the deaf hear. And, and, and the dumb speak. And I teach about the miraculous intervention of God and the promises of God. And I do all of this. And you still don't see that I am the resurrection and the life. I hear it, but I don't quite understand it. Jesus weeps. Compassion. (laughs) And he says to them, where'd you bury him? He knows where where Lazarus is buried. But he asked them to take him to where their pain is. See? He took, he asked, Martha came out and found Jesus Mary had to be sent for, and Mary, and they all came to where Jesus was at. And then Jesus took both of them, Mary and Martha, he took them to where their pain was. Their pain was the death of their brother. Okay? The critics are over here saying, well, you know, if he could, he could heal people of sicknesses, why couldn't he heal this guy, Lazarus, who is his best friend? What a, what a, what a, what a, He's no Messiah. Look at that. He left his own best friend die. (laughs) If Jesus opened the eyes of the blind man, why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? And again, feeling very upset, Jesus. Verse 38. Deeply disturbed, hurt, troubled. Troubled. Troubled that death could somehow cloud over what they understood Jesus to be. You see, they, they were the best friends of Jesus. And death of Lazarus has just kind of clouded their expectations and their understanding of who Jesus is. And Jesus is troubled at this. How many times are we troubled by our troubles that cloud over what we think Jesus is. 
Jesus came to the tomb. Mary and Martha, now being good, good Jews, they were not allowed to go to the tomb. You know, you can't touch the tomb. They, they would paint the tombs white so that nobody by mistake would touch a tomb because it was considered to be a sin. Now, we know that it's not a sin, but in the olden days when there's bacteria and germs and all that stuff and people are decaying in, 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 these, in these caverns, the, the Jews are forbidden to go there because God is protecting them from the diseases that might be there from decaying flesh. Okay? You can't touch it. So all the laws of God in the Old Testament had principles and had reasons for them given our new technology of understanding. But at the time, it was like, you know, you don't touch a dead body after such a, a length of time. It, it's a sin. Well, God is telling them, don't do that because you'll be contaminated or might can, you might get whatever it is that they may have. So going on. Jesus said to them, move the stone away. Now we know Martha and Mary are there. And they're hearing what Jesus has to say, and they, you know, it's like, Jesus, Lazarus has been dead four days, and in 100 degree heat, he stinks. He started to decay. You don't have to prove to us anything. We believe you. Don't, don't, take, don't open the stone. Don't move the stone away, Jesus. We believe. <laughs> don't, don't make a fool of us and don't, don't, don't raid the, the, the tomb of my brother. Don't, don't do this. He stinks. Just let it be as it is. <laughs> then Jesus said to her, Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? <laughs> now, Refocus. See, Mary brings them, Jesus brings them over to where he is, out of their home, away from their, all the people who are weeping with them, and he brings them to the tomb. He talks to them, and now he's going, to, he's going to do something they don't want. He's going to open the tomb. And they're saying, don't do it. And Jesus says, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Mary and Martha are very down on their belief and their understanding of God. Our problems often create that in us. We have our clouded over expectation of God, and it's like we don't want to make a fool of ourselves. So they moved the stone away. Then Jesus looked up, raised his eyes up, and said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. This is the kind of the, every time I, not every time I pray, but mostly when I pray, I always use this phrase, God, I thank you that you hear me when I pray. Father, I thank you that you hear me when I pray. It makes a connection. Someone's listening. God is listening. And I know that you always hear me. And then Jesus adds this, but I say this because of the people who are around me. I want them to believe that you sent me. I want them to know that I am divine. I am the Messiah. I am the, I am the God made flesh. I want them to know there is nothing beyond my power. There's nothing beyond who I am. 
And Jesus, as Jesus said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! <laughs> Jesus, if he had said, all of you in the tombs, come out! <laughs> Everybody around would have walked out. They had had open all the tombs because they'd all been alive. But he had to be specific. His word was specific. And whenever we pray, make the word specific to what we need. Thank God for hearing us. And he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And a dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with pieces of cloth. And the cloth that was around his face. <laughs> and Jesus said to them, take the cloth off and let him go. <laughs> and the see, Mary and Martha, it's like, wow. And we'd say, wow, that's quite a miracle. But you know what? The people who were watching, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, do you know what their declaration was? we got to kill both of them now. <laughs> Some people will never believe what God is doing in your life, no matter what he does. See, that's not your problem. Our responsibility is to allow God to take us to where our problems are and then he will speak, we will speak to those problems and allow God to do what he feels is correct for us and for that problem. He will always hear our prayers. He will always answer our prayers. But sometimes, like Mary and Martha, he, they want a healing, he has a resurrection. <laughs> so the expectation of what is in our hearts and lives, never let it be clouded by what seems to be a defeat or an unanswered prayer. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for every event in your life. He has a reason for every success and every so-called failure. He has a reason for every unanswered prayer because he has something better in mind. So we keep on praying and we keep on believing. And even whenever we are confronted with the word, do you believe? Yes, Lord, I, I believe. <laughs> But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am your best friend. I am the healer of all your diseases. I am the life and the strength of your life. Allow me to be that to you. Amen? Let's stand, shall we? <laughs> Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So let that be our prayer, always. Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be cool. <laughs>